Welcome to the Day in the Life podcast. This podcast is based off of success, life, humor, and ambition. Let's get authentic. A day in the life where we live authentically. We are your hosts, Josh, Cam, Matt, and Troy. And we know many of you can relate to today's episode. I'm here with my co-host Cam, Matt, Josh, and my name is Troy. Today we're going to talk about the Kentucky experience that we all have. Um, it's kind of unique for us because only one of us is actually from Kentucky. Josh, what do you say you're from here? Well, originally I'm from Pendleton County, Kentucky, which is a rural county. Falmouth is the county seat. and uh, What city is that? What, Falmouth? No, Pendleton County. It is Falmouth. Like, that's like oh, the, Falmouth. Yeah, there's only two cities, Falmouth and Butler. Oh, okay. I'm, people can tell you, they always say counties, but I don't be knowing yeah. what city it is. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. true. We all do that, everybody. Awesome, Unless you're awesome from Lexington or Louisville. Yeah. yeah awesome. nobody, nobody, that is very true. And, and Pikeville. People say that about Pikeville. But they say Floyd County, so yeah, I completely agree. But I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing until I got up here. Yeah, that, that's, I don't know if that's just a Kentucky thing. I don't know if people do that in other states, but we uh, do it here 100%. Well, I mean, well, shit. When I tell people from from Georgia, the only, oh, ATL? Like, no, bitch, it's other cities in, <laughs> right. in Georgia than Atlanta. Like, I mean, ATL, bitches. ho. Well, I get, I get it because of, my, of Miami. Everybody's talking about, oh, you're Dade County. So, you know, the pit bull. So, everybody, everybody, else, everybody, yeah, everybody, everybody yeah. claims that everybody's like, oh, Dade County. was like, there's other. You know, there's other stuff there. Right. <laughs> like, I get what you're going for, but, there, you know. There's nothing else where I'm from. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> Not a whole lot there. Gotcha. That's what's up, man. But, yeah, we're going to talk about our personal Kentucky experiences and just, like, what we experience, how different it is from where we're from. It's a lot of different stuff. First thing we're going to talk about is something that's unique to Lexington is Keeneland. And just... That's just a whole different scene for me because, I mean, I'm from Georgia. I went to school for two years in Louisiana, and then I fin- graduated from, well, shit, Pikeville College when I went. It's un- University of Pikeville now. Uh, but, like, the when I got to Kentucky, I heard about it being, like, the horse capital of the world, yada, yada, yada. But then when I got to Lexington, it actually, like, really hit home, like, how horse-centric it is. Yeah, that's there. a different feeling right there. Oh, it really is, bro. Like, it's... I don't know. I, I just wasn't used to it. And then you got horse statues downtown. Like, it's, they're all over the place. Well, I got an interesting question about that then. <clears throat> what, like, when you were being recruited, right, by somebody from, like, for Pikeville College, right? Like, how, how did, how, like, did you go on a visit? Like, or did you just take an offer when somebody gave it to you? Like, how did that work out? No, I visited uh, Pikeville beforehand. Like, because it was kind of like a transfer portal kind of deal. Uh, like I said, they got a hold of me. I came up to visit. And I just, city aside, I like the small school kind of deal. I mean, because it was, like, for me, as far as, like, teachers and stuff, the people, well, like, the basketball players that I talked to and, like, some of the students that I was talking to while I was there, the teachers knew them by name. 
it wasn't just, hey, you in my class, y'all. Yeah, they actually like knew, like, hey, Todd, like, make like sure you they, in class tomorrow. You like know they, what I'm like they cared about. Like they did. Like they so, really did. So you felt like an intimacy with, felt with at home. Yeah. Exactly. Did it feel like home when you came? Like, was that part of it too, or was because it? Like, I know Albany is small too. So, like, when you moved, or like when you were coming to Pike County or Pikeville, was that like a? Was it similar? Does it have similarities between Albany and and Pikeville? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> like, because nah. I'm assuming that that would be like a rude nah. awakening. Like, I'm sure you got there and you're like, what? Man, it, it's, it's like. <laughs> opposite but same you know what i'm saying it was from a demographic standpoint complete opposite <laughs> i mean even from a environment standpoint you got the mountains and snow and stuff there's no snow in albany man like, we're not used to that type of stuff <laughs> but it was but just just the school and just like it was it was a personalized experience at pikeville like i can still reach out you know like my teachers right now and I get advice, stuff like that. I reached out to uh, Kelly Wells, who was the head coach during the second part of uh, my time at Pikeville. And he sent me like a Pikeville hoodie, and this was like a couple years ago. When I first got there, the coach was Randy McCoy. He, him and his wife come to Lexington like all the time. And we still, I have his number in my phone. Like we still get up, it was just that kind of environment. But it was, it was different, man. But like I say, it was, a nightlife aside, because there wasn't really much to do. Uh, like we just made our own fun. Like I remember this was when I was, funny story, this is when I was DJing at the time. Uh, there's a place on Piper, it's like a literal bridge. Damn, right? you was DJing? Oh, yeah. Shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, I used to DJ at Drake's down there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was when Drake's was lit, lit. <laughs> hey, that's, I'll tell you that story later. But uh, we had an area on campus called a bridge. It was literally like a bridge, like on campus. It was like huge concrete or whatever. And nobody had anything to do. It was like a Friday night. We was Saturday night, something like that. We was bored. So I literally had like the big house speakers and a uh, turntable and whatever. So we, me and a couple of dudes on the basketball team, we just started calling people. And we're like, hey, everybody come to the bridge. And bro, like you just see people just leaving the dorm and coming out to the bridge. We took our DJ equipment outside and just had a party right there on the bridge. Well, it's funny because I know exactly where you're talking about because I used to do work out there. So it's like right on the corner by that Wawa and right where that gas station is and backs up to that neighborhood where the little thing runs around and then it, it loops back into 23 so mm-hmm. you can go whatever. I know that bridge you're talking about and I could just see that that would probably be like the scene, right? Bro, that was that was so much fun. Like we had a we had a ball, yo. Like we had a ball. But yeah, man, it was just you had to make your own fun. It wasn't like you can go yep. to the block or you could go downtown. Like that That's was how it was at EKU. That's exactly how it was at EKU. You mm-hmm. had to make your own fun. It ain't like how it used to be back in the day when it was a big party school. But I mean, even EKU, I went to like Water Main and stuff like that. Like y'all, just that alone is more than Pikeville had. <laughs> That's where you find real alcoholics. Yeah, true. Real alcohol. I went to Richmond one time and went out on a Wednesday night. Worst experience of my life. Yep. I was like, what is this? Did you go with us? No. This was literally in 2017. Oh, okay. I know me and Jerry was a couple of times. That's when I first got there. I mean, I was there for like, what was it? Whiskey Wednesdays or something like that? Yeah, buddy. I was like, all right, cool. It was cheap. And that's all well. At the time, I didn't care. But like, and then I was like, is this it? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah we my went time, there one time at EKU was fun. I, I grew so I grew so much from there. 
Oh, bro, we went, to, boy Danny. we went to Watermade. He ordered a drink and he walks off with a pitcher of whiskey and Coke. I was like, yep. And it was like $5. Yep. <laughs> is is Watermade is water what used to be Riptides? Mm-mm. Riptides is Proud Mary's, now it's a barbecue place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Watermade is like in downtown Richmond. Okay. I'm, yeah. So then I've never been to that. You've never been? I've never well, been. It's a, it's a new Watermade now. It's where the old mix was, where the old jerseys was. I've, honestly, my, my whole thing was. I know a lot of cops, and I know just to stay away from Richmond because nah, there's just, just like a concentration of them. So you saying we need to like make a difference to Richmond again and go to a nah, bar? Nah, it's not the same no more. It's not the same. It's not the same. The new one ain't the same. No, nah, this the environment's not the same. Uh-huh. After COVID, it stopped. The environment. I used to throw parties. I remember. I mean, it's not the same. Man, it, that's funny because that's how Bells is, man. It, like the environment changed. Like before COVID. The crowd at Bells used to be like the old Drake's crowd when I was DJing. Like, it was like that crowd. It was like 25 and up. Like, you had your, you know what I'm saying, younger people in there, but it was most like 25 and up. After 2020, when stuff reopened, not everybody come to Bells. Like, it's right. like, it's more so a young person spot now than it was like an old head spot. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, that's yeah. before 2020, it was like that, that higher end, like that cocktail house kind of deal. Now is this is a free for all, and I, and it's not. I don't mind. Like I said, I, I mean, I admire the diversity of the place. It's still, Same. it's still fun. Like we don't have any problems, issues, anything like that. But it's just funny how the dynamic changes after something like that. Well, that was that was a crazy time, though. like the pandemic and all that. Like <laughs> that was I mean, a good time for me. That was the best. That's one of the best summers of my life. Back at home, just hanging out with the fam. Drinking, we had a partying. good time, but like it, it was, was just, different. Oh, uh, then when the bars first opened back up, that shit was lit. That shit was lit out the ass. Okay, so, I remember sitting at Tin Roof when we first went there. Was just about no, to tell you this. I could literally hear every conversation, and I couldn't. We weren't even talking to each other. We were just like, "Yep, who's giving everyone COVID?" Like, <laughs> no, it wasn't even that. It was just a sensory overload it kind was. of did. It was me, him, Josh, I mean, me, him, Jerry, and I think Logan was there. Yeah. But, like, we were sitting at a table in Tin Roof, and, like, we could hit, like, you know how a lot of times when you go and it's just loud, it's just like a blur of sound. But it was like when Spider-Man first got his senses, bro, we could hear everybody individual conversation. This was, like, That's the first time we went out in, like, a year. Yep. And we was just looking around, like, what the fuck is going on? I think that every everywhere ended up like that because when I was at like the grocery store, you know how you always hear stuff over the intercom or carts are always going? It was like that when you were shopping and you were just like, is this person next to me about to call? And a lot of the, uh, you know, it was just a different world when you would see people that would, you know, you're just like head on a swivel for the next pin drop to happen or something to you know, to hit the ground and you, you just, it echoes throughout the, 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 <clears throat> the scene. Yeah, but I mean, that's also how we are too. I mean, just being bounced. As soon as we hear a glass break, we can hear that joint over anything. Just be like. Like, yeah. like head turn. As soon as we hear the shadow, like, like somebody go get the broom. <laughs> somebody get the dustpan. I was at the bar the other day. So I forgot which bar it was. It wasn't one of the bars I worked at. Something failed. My head turned all quick and shit. Everybody's looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I'm not gonna lie. Like, Y'all didn't hear that glass just break over there? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, if half the people that I talk to, when if they weren't drunk when I talk to them, because my head is always on a swivel, they would not think I'm paying attention to them. 
So thank God they're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't care if they know I'm paying attention to them or not. I'm, I got a job to do. That's yeah, straight. That's I ain't hear what you're trying to say. They about to fight over there. Yeah, get out of my face. Man, let's get back to the topic, man. Kingland. All right, Matt, you from Florida, man. How has Keeneland been, like, when you first went to Keeneland? I don't, I don't know when that was. When you first went to Keeneland, like, what was your overall impression? Just complete rookie to the Keeneland experience. So I came uh, from, like, I, I had lived in Louisville for a little bit. So I was familiar with, like, Churchill Downs. Okay. So Churchill Downs was, like, a different animal because it wasn't, like, the college spot or, like, where people would go. <laughs> And I just saw you drink that kielbasa and you make that face. <laughs> but it's not like the scene like it is for Lexington where if – like that is where you go every, you know, every Friday, Saturday in April for the meets or in uh, – what is it? Uh, the other the other month that they do it in in the fall. Is it October? It's October. It's October. Okay. So like April and October. That's like the thing. And I didn't understand – that being the thing, just because going to Churchill Downs, it's like two times, three times a year. You go for Thurby, you go for Oaks, and you go for uh, the Derby. Right. And it's only the infield. So there's not like a tailgate scene outside. So I wasn't really – well, there's a tailgate scene at, at Churchill. It's more of like the road leading in. So people have like the, the road shut down. They're doing barbecue everywhere. So it's kind of cool in that aspect. But the whole animal of Keeneland – is just was you know mind blowing to see all those cars and everybody with tents, people doing you know they got they're bringing stuff up from Louisiana and doing crawl dads and in one area oh, that's cool. and you got the other people and and they're doing their pork roast and they're you know giving out tacos and everybody's like just involved more like a tailgate where everybody's rooting for the same team so like nobody really cares who you're there yeah. for yeah, it's just every everybody is just there to have a good time yeah. and it doesn't really matter who you're with like you're getting brought in and you're getting handed a beer and a, and a plate of food yeah, so this is one big ass tailgate when I first, right like when i first uh saw it i ain't i ain't know nothing about it at all came from ohio didn't hear nothing really about horse racing, especially growing up in the city or dating and all that stuff. Didn't really know about that stuff. We ain't worried about that stuff. We were always focused on sports. Uh, well, not that sport, what? obviously, but um, coming here, witnessing it, it was just a good time. Everybody just hanging out, having fun with each other. Um, I, I, I like that just how, that like, experience and knowing how to bet and everything. Right. And learning all those things from the people that frequent the location because it's actually open like all throughout the week. So you get the guy who there, who's been handicapping all week and he knows the horses and he's like, I got to play for you on the seventh race. It's horse three's going to win. And, uh, you know, you play that sometimes, you win, you lose. And I really like the aspect of betting, you know, back then when I didn't have a lot of money. It was fun to bet like pennies. Like you, you weren't, you didn't even have to bet much. You could just sit there and bet five cents or whatever on some trifecta parlay and hope you you hit it big for 150 bucks that day and pay for your alcohol later. So I always yeah. thought that was cool. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, shit, I just get drunk as shit and just click buttons. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Lately, that's how it's been going. Especially when we go like with all the bar staff people. That is. That, that's, that's a good that, time. That's that something that time. I always liked too. Is that the bars would have days when they would all go as like a staff there, and you'd meet up with your, you know, you just knew, hey, Bells is having their people meet in this area, Stagger. and we're all gonna, yeah, and you just had, you know, your regulars over there. There's one thing I've never done. I've never been to Churchill Downs. Never been to the Derby. 
I hear a lot about it. I didn't know it was that big of a deal because like, you hear about the Kentucky Derby just, I mean, just growing up sports, whatever, you hear about the Kentucky Derby, but the fact that I didn't realize that it was that big of a deal. Like when I was, for instance, oh, yeah. funny story, when I was DJing at Drake's, uh, I DJed at the Drake's in St. Matthew's during the Derby. Oh, yeah. And so, number one, this Drake's here, we used to close down at like, one one thirty, like close to two o'clock. That motherfucker stayed on until four o'clock in the morning. So I was I started at like nine and I DJ to like like literally three thirty. But it was crazy how busy because that was during the like we were busy and that was when they had the what do they call it? The hot not the hot one hundred, like whatever party they have in Louisville for the Derby. Yeah, the Barnstable Brown party is a is a big party there. Um I'm having trouble. It was something like Phillies and Stallions and some some. Part of everybody in, in Louisville, like I think they concentrate just solely on one week, which is mm. that Derby week um, in May. So, so like that is their focus. They don't focus on every single weekend in here, like here in Lexington, every single weekend in April or every single weekend in October. It's like true. a part there. They focus solely on one week, so everyone is just there. And it, you're you're talking about the locals going on Thursday. Then you have you know the Oaks, which is like the everybody wears pink on you know that Friday, and then that Friday night is the uh, the Barnstable Brown party, which leads the next day into Derby. And that Barnstable party is like up in the Highlands, and that's you know I've actually snuck into that party. <laughs> it's actually pretty cool because uh, it's hard to get in, and it's like you, I don't want to say it's like A-list celebrities that get to go there, but you know, you you always have like your coach Cal, and he brings his players. You have, mm. you know, it's like that type of environment where you know Rick Pitino shows up, and you know, so it's 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 strippers. cool. And the, I, I, well, you know the yeah, probably strippers. But, <laughs> God, it's, well, it's, it's not strippers. Too, too soon, man. Too soon. But, exactly. But, so the Barnstable <laughs> twins, the Barnstable Brown sisters they're the the original double mint twin girls didn't know that so huh? yeah you know that you know the double mint commercials where the yeah. double mint gum like the <laughs> twins like so they were the original like double mint girls no, that's so, just old money yeah so they're like and and they have a whole red carpet leading up to it like tom brady was there a couple years like it, it gets pretty cool and there's a way in through the back through the bushes over a fence and if you're wearing the proper clothing, you can kind of make it look like you're supposed to be there. So yeah, you just brush yourself off. You just brush yourself off a little yeah. bit. Kind of come yeah, in from the tent. And, yeah. So I uh, I had a <laughs> I had an experience there, and it was uh, it, it was a nice party. But when you're not invited, you don't want to you don't want to do you don't want to become the party. You know. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff that goes on. Like I didn't know thirty was a thing. Like a friend of mine, like uh, lives yeah. in Louisville, uh, Paige and her husband Colin, like they went to Thurby and I had no idea what that was. So it's just a lot of, you know what I'm saying, just different stuff that goes on. But I, that is, that's that's coming soon for me. I'm, I'm going to Derby. Like, I need to see that. Uh, is, my, derby, see well, my Derby experience, I worked. That was the first time I ever went to Kentucky Derby. I worked Doing that what? weekend uh, at one of the concession stands. Okay. I worked. In the infield? I think so. Yeah. So, like, the infield is where yeah. all the – People that don't have any money go, and you can pretty much get in for like eighteen to twenty bucks or something. I think, I'm not sure. Yeah, because uh, D Tate he told me about it, and we just went down there for a weekend, made some money. So if you if you I'll don't never know do it again, though, I'll never. I'll work if you don't know anything about Derby, it's always raining on Derby Day, 
And exactly. so it's always rainy. I don't know how they plan it to be raining, but they do. And it's always rainy. And there's always a mud pit. And there's always girls that fight in the mud. And then there's, they, they call it, and then there's the, uh, <laughs> they call it the Porter Potty Mile. And they have a long strip of porter potties, and what they do is they hoist the drunk people up there, and you race down the porter potties to see who can get to the end without falling. While people are chucking beers and stuff at them. Right. Slightly beneath that, but I'm slightly <laughs> intrigued by this. <laughs> yeah, look it up. Yeah, but I mean, that's dope, man. Like I said, that's one thing I ain't gonna do this that's year. Crazy. It's definitely go to the Derby. But I say, just on the lesser scale, like Kingland, that's something we try to go to every year, and that's. That's just a lot of fun. <laughs> That's just a lot of fun, man. We uh, like we go, you know what I'm saying, like on our own sometimes. But like, I guess what you were saying, Cam, like one of the most fun that we had is like when the bar takes off and all the bar staff goes yep. out to Kingwood. Because I mean, when you just got a bunch of bartenders and security get together, they, know how they, to just, have fun. they just cut <laughs> loose, bro. Like for real. Because I mean, we never get to go out. Like, ever. So, I mean, it's not like you just taking off a weekend and going out. Because, I mean, somebody got to work, so everybody can't go out. But, like, on yeah. those days, like, the whole bar is there. So, you got just everybody in one environment, and it's just it's just a good time, man. Like, I mean, it's, it's just a good time. Like, Always we, a good time. We didn't just have a huge tap. Facts. And I promise you, you better call in that Monday, because that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a rough day of work for you if you don't. You know what I'm telling right. you? They, they also have uh, at, at church. So, like, I guess they started this thing at Churchill Downs. I know that they do it at Red Mile, but they, they have it Downs after dark. Mm, so at 9 o'clock, you can go in and they'll have horse racing. And it's like it's like a clubby type atmosphere mm. type party at Churchill Downs. Now, I only think that's select times. So it's not like you can plan on it being, like, as crowded yeah. as Keeneland. And it's not going to be because Keeneland's like an event here. And, and I think that uh, we all we all know how how it goes. Like everyone shows up because that's what that's what everybody's doing Friday and Saturdays in in April and May <laughs> or, or in April. Man, in April for sure. What people don't realize about Lexington, it's, the city don't stop. It's always horse racing, a sporting event, or a concert every weekend. True. It it don't or a feel like it sometimes, <laughs> but it's always something going on. Like yeah. it really don't, because like a lot of times you might not even know about the event, and somebody will tell you, be like, "Bro, I I would have win. I had no idea." But like it's always something going on. Yep. So like, yeah, I would be. Yeah, during the summer is nothing but mostly concerts and stuff like that. So even with sports and Just stuff, randomly hit me on. up. It's like Snoop Dogg's at Rupp Arena tonight. Yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. And I will say one thing, man, to whoever's listening, to all of our listeners, uh, we will probably select one weekend in April to go out to Keeneland. So, like, our whole group, like, all four of us will yep. take time off and go out to Keeneland and try to just make an event out of it. So, I mean, make sure you stay tuned and stay listening so we can give you the data and the information because we will be out there. And it will be a good time. It will be a good time, I promise. And my birthday. Ooh. When is it? The twenty fourth. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the weekend it, right there. But your birthday was Monday, right? Yeah. Are we gonna do it the weekend? We have the, I have the party at Bills. How did he know it was a Monday? We talked about it the other day. Oh, okay. yeah. I was yeah. like, is this motherfucker got like a calendar? Yeah. I just memorized <laughs> the calendar. No, we don't talk about it, man. <laughs> but I probably maybe that weekend before his birthday, man. We just go out there and just yeah. have a good time. Um, another thing, man. So Lexington is a college town. So we all know, and everybody here 
<clears throat> excuse me, almost everybody here bleeds blue. You know, uh, well, I don't laugh once, once again, you know, go dogs. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's my cousin right there. That's my cousin right there. <laughs> oh, that's what's up. And don't worry about how we did last night, man. It was close. Closer than y'all wanted to. It was funny. Me and Cam was. But the, the, what about the UK Georgia <clears throat> football game? That was pretty close. Closer than y'all wanted it to be. It yeah. wasn't. We played y'all right. People, oh, okay. people were shocked. Well, I guess that's how we played y'all in basketball, man. No, y'all played y'all best game. <laughs> and we played regular. We didn't throw the ball. Regular. We did nothing. Cal just figured you out. <laughs> hey, I, I, we went to the game, man. Hey, that it was, was my funny. First, it was, was like first time going to a basketball game. That was that was Cal's first basketball game, man. And it yeah. was funny because it was yep. like for real. That's my first time. That's my second time being at Rump Arena. Both times we was with George. Both hey, times. When was the first time? We went to go see the comedy show. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Joe Coy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's up, man. Uh, but yeah, funny story. Like it was. It's just funny in comparison with Georgia sports. Like Georgia basketball doesn't travel as well as Georgia football. It was quiet when they scored. So it Very was quiet. It was literally like around the whole arena, like twenty Georgia fans in there. And so, like, everybody, like, UK will dunk, like, when Toppin dunked on dude, that joint was ugly. We dunked on dude, everybody was going crazy. Really? And then the next play, dude came down and hit a three, and it went silent. Yeah. <laughs> all you it heard, the, you just heard the random smattering of applause. <laughs> like, that's all you heard. It was it was funny as hell, bro. Troy's over here, like, clapping when they score. Like, Down in front! <laughs> okay, no, no, no. I had to clear my throat and be like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> nah, he had a, he took off his hat for a little minute. I did, bro. It was a bunch of blue around me. I was like, I don't, don't want to fight. I was like, you can pick. You, it was about ten Georgia people. Get him in football season. This motherfucker will not take off his. Hey, <laughs> that's the whole thing. Every day, I love, I love my Georgia team, yeah, but Georgia football is just different, man. But I mean, so being in, it's not even talking about college sports, man. Being in Lexington, like the college town, the college atmosphere, where like almost everybody bleeds blue. Ooh. Like, what is your like Josh, what's your take on that? How do you feel about just being in this kind of city where it's like it's not like you have several big colleges here where people, you know what I'm saying, like divide up their attention. It's like literally one school, UK. You know what I'm saying? You got transit and stuff like that, but I mean just like the like a power five kind of school. Like how like what was your experience with that? Like how does that strike you just being in Lexington with that kind in that kind of environment? Especially working in the bar. Uh, well I mean I- I definitely know a lot of sorority girls, a lot of fraternity dudes. I mean, um, and that was new to me when I first moved here because, like, I never, like, where I'm from, that's, that's not a thing. There's no colleges, nothing like that. So coming to a college town, you know, be, getting to befriend these people, um, honestly, a lot of them are really fun. A lot, I met a lot of great people. Um, I wouldn't change anything, honestly. It's, it's a fun city to live in, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, people are great. Yeah. Everybody treats you well, mostly. Mostly everybody treats you well. Then 100%. anywhere else you would go. I, I, and I've been a lot of places. Yeah. Anywhere else you would go. Well, people I treat can, you well. I'll, I'll speak a little on like how it was a difference for me because so being from Miami, it's just it's kind of similar to like a Vegas type where there's like there there's almost no emphasis on college sports. So you have like the U down there, the Miami Hurricanes, and at one time that was the the show was Miami Hurricanes Facts. so I was you know I lived that part that was like when they were the Hurricanes but other than that 
you know, there's so many different things going on in a big city that almost those colleges just kind of wash out. And you have so many like of your FIUs, FAU, all these schools down there is like where there's just like, I mean, like and you have Florida State, you have uh, uh, Florida University and it all congests down to like nobody really cares about college because they don't care until they go to the pros and they become like either the Miami Heat or the Miami Dolphins or the Jaguars or the, you know, so there's just so much going on right. that I feel like that intimacy here, it's like you, you almost have to cherish it because it's something that everyone has in common and everyone cares about. The one mm-hmm. thing is like, it's always UK. So it's like, yep. it doesn't matter if it's the baseball or team or the volleyball team, like people are going to know, you, you know, they, they're going to come and they're going to, to talk about it you wouldn't even know that the miami played a baseball game or a basketball game if you were out like it would just you know you're on south beach there's tourists there they probably don't even you know so it's just it's this different animal here where like everybody has something in common and immediately if somebody's wearing a kentucky shirt you know that they know the score of the game that they're gonna know you could go down there and somebody will tell you Oh, what was the score of the game? They're like, I don't know. I'm just wearing this shirt. <laughs> right. Yeah. When it's game day in Lexington, I mean, everybody's there. Like, oh, football, yeah. basketball. It don't matter. I mean, it, honestly, any sport, baseball, a lot of people go to that. A lot of people go yeah. to soccer games. I mean, gymnastics events. So it's also yeah. fun to have people. Um, they don't go to the track meets, though. Nobody ever go to the track meets. They watch it on TV. <laughs> Sounds personal. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just dope how, I mean, just how dedicated people are to UK sports. Even when, like, the, the women's volleyball team, when they, were, when they won a national championship, people rushed State Street. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect them to do that. I knew they was watching the game. I knew they was tuned in. But, like, after they won, like, people still rushed State Street and was burning couches and stuff, which I think is super dope. I mean, not the flipping cars and stuff. I mean, I still think it was super dope. Um, and one th- and and y'all... I do want to know how y'all feel about this part. Do you think that a lot of the intimacy and like the connection between the fans and UK, even even in Louisville, uh, University of Louisville, is due to the lack of professional teams in Kentucky? Yeah. I, I think that if you, I mean, even they talk about bringing in an NBA team to Louisville, which would be great. And I think that if you were able to put a couple of like local players, Kentucky players on that team, that team would immediately have a following just because of how passionate the fans are that would follow that. But at the at the same time, do I think that that the state of Kentucky could support a team like that? Like, could we have a, an NFL team? I honestly don't think that we would have the ability to have an NFL stadium filled every single Sunday. What would be the be- point? I mean. I don't know. Bengals stadium just like right, right. An and hour that's part of it too. It's like everyone grew up a Bengals fan or whatever, or they grew up or a Titans fan. Like if you're here in Kentucky, they the NFL, you kind of just picked a team because of where you were. You kind of demographically just chose what was close. So either it's around here, it's Colts, Titans, Bengals. Bengals. Yeah. Yep. I mean, now you got your Patriots and Cowboys say, fans, that's but that's everywhere. just everywhere. Yeah, that's everywhere. <laughs> about to say Josh because I, I kind of have mixed feelings about that like I, I still think personally I mean in Kentucky it's, it's basketball like it's literally when you're yeah. growing up it is it's, basketball it's either UK basketball Louisville basketball I mean for Northern Kentucky people I watch a lot of UC basketball too Xavier and stuff like that but like 
growing up, everybody's just UK oriented. So even if we had like a professional team, I don't think that that would take away from. I still think UK basketball would be at the top. Just like in Georgia, it seems like Georgia football is above. Like, yes, you all have the Atlanta Falcons, you all have the Braves, you all have, you know, uh, the Hawks. But it just still seems like people are more gravitating towards like the college Georgia football. Here, it's more like it's. Like, you know, I mean, it's the best. Both could coexist, right? Yeah. yeah they could. So, so what I'm saying is, is that the NBA team could be supported because I feel like there would be a, a viewership for it because everybody in Kentucky really likes basketball. Yeah. I'm just saying that I just don't know if we could support other professional teams like like another city could. I, th- now that part, I I don't know. If I completely agree, and the only reason I say that, and it may take a couple of years, but I mean, you have people that were like raised to be Bengals fan. Their dad was a Bengals fan, so they're a Bengals fan. Mm-hmm. I think like like the youth coming up, if they had easy access to a professional team, like if you had an NFL team like centered in Louisville or even Lexington for that matter, just something like centered in Kentucky, and that wasn't that wasn't trash. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they had like a moderate amount of success, like just with the the money that Kentucky has, and like the people that are in Kentucky. I think they could support a team. I don't know. Now I'm not comparing fan bases. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the, that a new Kentucky team would be as big as the Bengals or as big as the Colts or even the the Titans. You know what I'm saying? But I just think that sustainability. I think they could support a, like a professional team. Now, like I said, I don't think they, they're following. Not right now. I don't think it would be as big as like the Bengals or something like that. But I think they could support it just because that's just something new to Kentucky. Like they don't have that. You know what I'm saying? So I think people would like flock to that. Just number one to support it, especially if they got like some of the uh, like local. You know what I'm saying? Guys coming out of college to play on that. Team. I think I think it's yeah. way different if you have somebody that like is a. That you're planning on bringing in that would that would center around that the state could grab onto immediately. But I think you know with NFL teams, you need that support almost as much as like a college would with your donors and the people that are going to buy those luxury boxes. And I just don't know that we have the population in Kentucky to do it. That's all. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I think so. The money's like, like, with, like that's what I said, the money is definitely. I think people would come out because like Pike County was. When I was going to go, it was the richest county in Kentucky. So, like, it was, so people would definitely come out of, you know what I'm saying, like, spend some of that cold money. They would, like, the people in Lexington, they would, like, buy the boxes and stuff like that. So, let's just say if you started a franchise, like, a Kentucky football team, and let's just say the first person you drafted was Will Levis. Like, after from what he did at UK and, like, him coming to a professional, like, Kentucky football team, like, just coming out of UK, bro, I think people would flock to that. Like, I mean, just. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Or like, let's just say, like, a Benny Snell or Josh Allen had a play for that team. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, people would, like, if people like stars and stuff like that, or like, even going back to Louisville, like, a Lamar Jackson had been the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Coming out of Louisville straight to a Kentucky professional team. I think, like, you would have, like, donors and stuff just because of the amount of money that UK, I mean, not sorry, that Kentucky has in general. Uh, you know, I just you know, football would be an option. I just think that basketball would be an easier option just because there's less fans that need to fill the seats. So on a weekly basis, I feel like you could get those people that go out, want to have a good time, and they're and you can get that pe- that person in the stands to pay for season tickets 
easier than you could with a football season ticket holder where they have to dedicate their Sunday and they have to, you know, they have to have their kids and, you know, it's got to be a family atmosphere, like you said. And I just think it would be a an easier transition into basketball because, well, one, we already have a ton of basketball players that we could bring in and immediately have that impact. Whereas football, it's like a minuscule amount of players that we've actually been able to do that with so that you'd actually have that opportunity. And one other thing you got to consider is like the other team. You know what I'm saying? You got a bunch of, like I said, we got a team centered in Louisville. You got a bunch of Titans fans who can't make that two hour, two and a half hour drive to Nashville, but they could go to Louisville to watch a game. Or like all these Cowboys fans around here, like if Dallas came up here and played, like me. Yeah, what's up? What you trying to say? <laughs> I don't want to smoke, I don't want no trouble. But like, I just think, like, especially like from a visiting team standpoint, like that would generate a lot of revenue as well. I think, too, if you look at like how many games are played at home games, like, NBA compared to like NFL. Well, I I agree with the amount of games because it's less, but I do think the amount of people that you would have to have committed to it because a football stadium is 80,000 and a basketball stadium is, you know, 19. Well, yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I think the basketball would would be be, be, because you'd have people that would be able to go on certain nights and then you'd be able to fill it is what I, on an infrequent basis. And then also you're going to have like, if they do make the playoffs, like that's going to be a scene. Yeah. And, and it's easier, I feel like, to make the NBA playoffs than it is to make a NFL playoff. And, and if you do make an NFL playoff, are you good enough to have home field? So you don't even get that revenue. At least if, in a basketball chance, you have two home games. Like, there is a playoff scenario where you receive those games. So it does drive revenue to the city regardless, even if you're a mediocre football team and you make the playoffs, now you're traveling to the Chiefs to get your ass beat and come back. I completely agree. I'm just saying that if basketball wasn't an option, I still think they could they could support an NFL team. But no, I agree that basketball would be easier. I mean, by far. No, I, I completely agree. Right. I just think that would be dope, man, if Kentucky brought a professional team, just yeah. either football or basketball. I mean, just as a different outlet. You know what I'm saying? hundred percent. I would and I would be a, I would partake in that. <laughs> Yeah. So frequently, <laughs> just 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 make it happen. All right. So, what is y'all experience on alcohol and bourbon in Kentucky? Well, I would say more bourbon. Man, I'm gonna let y'all take the lead on this one because I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. I don't even really drink Matt. bourbon like that. <laughs> like, I mean, that's that's Matt's drink. I don't even. I really just don't. Josh, you drink bourbon too, you know? I do. Yeah. Um, not as like in depth as probably Matt does, but you know. With Kentucky, you know, we're talking about like things to do in Kentucky, you have a lot of the tours that we have here. Yeah. I probably and went people, on every single tour. And, and people are traveling from everywhere to, to go in. on. I didn't know that was such a big deal as it was. Yeah. Like the bourbon trails and stuff, and like yes. the distilleries, I didn't know that was as big as like people coming out of the country. They exactly. Actually, they actually have passports that they stamp. If you get a passport, you can go to each distillery. They'll stamp you in as like you made it to their distillery. It's actually kind of cool. Like if you go down the whole trail, you know, all the stamps, collect them all. I haven't done that, but I've been to most of them. And a lot of the people that do come in will do like a passport trip. And if you do, you get something for doing them all um, if you get all the stamps. But doing the sampling and, and, you know, really tasting it and really understanding like the the, uh, like the different types of bourbons. Yeah. I find it, you know, it's it's really unique to Kentucky because they always, you know, they always want to tell you, you know, Kentucky is 
bourbon, right? So you get Jack Daniels is from Tennessee, so it's a whiskey, right? So Kentucky people hold to the bourbon thing, and I didn't get it for the longest time. And for most of my college career or most of my, you know, lifestyle, I was drinking Kentucky Gentleman or some kind of random bourbon that I was like, do you oh, wish, yeah, this is do you, wish you would have bought up all the bourbon there? And if I could go back in time, I definitely would have been on the hunt for some better yeah. bourbons, you know, looking back on it, because the market is a reseller's market now, mm-hmm. where everybody's packing these stores to get all this really good bourbon, and I enjoy the taste, but I can't ever get it at a, at a retail price, because everyone goes in, buys a bottle of Pappy that's, you know, $80 retail, and they're online for $600, and, you know... <laughs> I can't pay that. You know, I can't pay. I can't. I know what the bourbon is. I know how good it is. And I, I can't pay, pay that. that. I will say this. I pay uh, that. <laughs> definitely. I don't know. Was it the Pappy 23 years? Is that, that, well, so they have a Pappy 23 and they have a Pappy 25, but nobody ever has the 25 because it's just like right. heard of. But the 23 is like the most. So, so JT bought me on my birthday, like a pour of the Pappy 23. That was definitely the best bourbon I ever had. It was so smooth. That they there's certain way I like the Pappy Twenty better than like the Twenty Three, but that's just personal preference. I think that the Twenty Three year is you know it's it's the creme de la creme whatever right. everybody wants. But I didn't so like sure. the Fifteen year. Like I tried the Fifteen year. And yeah, just, Fifteen. It was just not not the same. Like it's crazy how <laughs> that big of a difference. Yeah, keeping the barrel, you know, right? Yeah. Eight years it blew my mind. I was like, wow. Yeah, that's for that's for me, bro. Like, I just never, I've never been a big connoisseur of bourbon. I never have been. Like I tried some of it. Some of it was cool. Like some of it, I, you know what I'm saying, could do without. But like I've never been a like a huge connoisseur. I just never had. Like that when people, when I first started hearing about like the, exactly the conversation that y'all had, like the differences in Pappy and how much it is, and like reselling the bottles. I just, I didn't get it. Like the first person I knew that did that was tweeted. Like, like he, you know what I'm saying, buys them and like collects them and just like mm-hmm. won't open the ball and stuff like that. Like it was, he was the first person I knew to do that. You see like where I, you know, where I grew up, like <clears throat> nobody drank bourbon. At least not to my knowledge. Everybody was, was drinking beer. Was people thinking Um, Well, they, started, they sold beer at like the gas stations. And I think they had liquor too. Okay. okay, so I was just curious if it was a dry county because I know that Kentucky actually has like select counties that are still dry to this day. So where I grew up, literally you had to drive to Fallon's to get beer or you had to drive all the way to like Walton area, Crittenden area to get like liquor. There was like literally yeah, so a there was that one across the like county area. line that you had to go to. Yeah, so that's exactly it. It was a dry county. You had to cross that county line to get to that. Because yeah, Grant County was the closest thing to Pendleton County. And yeah. like, that was See, a dry I'm county. I'm confused already. We're talking about that county shit again. Yeah, this, I'm from Kentucky. <laughs> well, I was going to say. So, but in Kentucky, it's really like, so actually, it's yep. really interesting. Kentucky, the state, has 120 counties. And there are only, there are bigger states landmass than Kentucky, but the only state I think that has more counties is Georgia. Like, I think Georgia is the only state that has more counties than Kentucky. And you would think like you have a state like California and we have more counties than they do. Well, it's probably because their counties are probably like bigger and not as right, big. Right, right, yeah. right. I mean, of course, but but it's just like how they drew those lines and how the, that's why the, that little, that county ownership goes into like, oh, I'm from Johnson County or I'm from, you know, Pike County or Floyd right. County. Um, 
And I think that, you know, when they have those certain counties that are select dry and you have to cross that county line to get liquor, I, I didn't really understand that because, uh, you know, in Florida, you just everything, you know, you just get liquor wherever you want. Like, it doesn't matter. But in, in Kentucky, uh, I think, you know, so Oldham County, right next to Louisville, dry county. You go, you're in Louisville, you go into Oldham County, and you're like, oh, I'm going to get a six pack of beer at the, at the guest. No, you're not. <laughs> and after certain times, too, I do remember, like, you couldn't buy it. Like, it's like after, I forget, nine o'clock on a Sunday, you couldn't get beer or something yeah. like that. So, just quick question, just really quick answer from everybody. If you could only drink one type of alcohol for the rest of your life, what would it be? Tequila. 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 Really? All that spill about that, dude. I didn't expect that from you. Like, I told you it was going to be like scotch scotch or some shit. Don't I like scotch? Okay. Okay. I mean, we don't have to ostracize the bourbon. I love bourbon, and there's, there's more bourbons that I like than I like tequilas. But I think that at this stage of my life, drinking tequila is less harsh and don't end up with a hangover. I think it's way fresher. Just about to say it's just, it's it. just it just does something different, and it it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a, a bad a bad after effect. That is very true. Just don't drink a cup full. You'll be fine. Yeah, don't pick the bottle up, turn it up. Don't do yeah. that because <laughs> you'll end up with a terrible fucking angle. And I never would have thought I would have said tequila until you know three or four months ago. Oh, I just knew it was going to be three tequilas and scotch or three tequilas and bourbon because it's tequila for me, Cam and Josh. I just did not expect that. So that is very surprising to me. So so we got four tequilas. Yeah. All right, right right on. So if you ever see us in Bills and you want to buy us a shot, you already know where we're coming from. Tequila. All day, every day. (laughs) But uh, let me get back to, to, I know you talked a little bit about your college experience. What's yours? Well, I didn't do like the whole traditional college thing. Um, I dated a lot of college girls, but of course you did, Josh. Uh, yeah. So I mean, my whole lot of Still my college college girls. <laughs> first off, they're not. Some of them have graduated, but anyway, some like, of them haven't started. <laughs> wow, that is not true. Anyway, let's get back to what I was saying. A lot of my college experience literally comes from going out, I guess you could say. Like, all the yeah. people, like I said, I, mean, I met. Like, uh, yeah, everybody that wants to go to the UK, Transylvania, any of the surrounding schools uh, in Kentucky that come here, Moorhead, uh, Midway, stuff like that. And all those people that I've met through that, that's a lot of what my college experience, quote unquote, consisted of, just meeting people out. What about you, Matt? So I have a really, I, I didn't like the college experience and I know that I've told a lot of you all that, that I, you know, I went to college, got an associates, but I didn't enjoy going to school. Like it just wasn't for me. So, I mean, my experience of being in a college town, I, I feel like is more so that, you know, I understand that I understand it. I, I like the atmosphere. I like being in a college town. I don't necessarily like envy not going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, 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 you know, I took classes. I've done the the whole thing, but completing it was never something that I thought that I needed to do. And I think that I, I kind of proved that <laughs> in the fact that right. you know there are a lot I of other that. approaches. To I was that. struggling in my last like couple classes. I was just burnt out. I was done. I'll be honest. I don't even know. Done. What they call it? What senioritis? Nah, I was worse than that. I was done. 
That's what I'm about. Done. Yeah. I've been taking a lot of gap years. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> well, kind of let me ask you this, just in general. Being a athlete when you were in college, like how much different was your college experience just because you were an athlete? You had to do everything. So it's, uh, you have study hall classes, practice in the morning and evening. Uh, still hanging out with your friends and still wanting to go out party and have the college experience. Still having to have time to eat. So it's nonstop 24-7. So you get used to that. Used to being on the go. Like me, I'm used to being on the go right now. Everybody telling me I need to chill out, slow down, but I'm used to that. Just I'm used to going already. I think that that having that discipline in, like, in college where you have a sport that you're doing the study hall for and you have to stay academically eligible and those kind of things, I would have benefited from that. So if I if I knew I was going to play a sport in college, or if nah, I did, I feel you, like that would have helped. You, you, you can't say that until you get in that no, position. Well, I'm, telling. Well, I'm <laughs> telling you, I was in the military, and I benefited from the fact that having that structure and that told you what had to no do, choice though in the military. Right. It was government issue. But not having a choice made me know that if, I, if that was the type of thing that was expected of me, and I just had that burden on myself, I probably could have done it. But but just being free range and mm -hmm. being thrown into a school environment and not having someone say, "Hey, you need to do this study hall. You need to do this." I never had that. So if I would have, I feel like that would have been. But that's a, a part of better. having the college experience of being on your own and going out and experiencing things, see if you, if you can handle it. At least at that time, if you right. can't. I, I don't disagree with yeah. the fact that it is it is what you make it. But I for every person that has a college experience there was always the people that you heard about like oh i'm failing out of school and i'm gonna you know i'm not gonna be able to stay academic like and that's not even that was for everybody though yeah it's, it's not, not for everybody it's and that doesn't mean and i will say yeah. that just because you you don't want to do college that doesn't mean you can't do you know you can still be really successful without it yes school is a scam <laughs> They don't. They don't you teach. They, they don't teach. They don't teach college. everyday life stuff. They don't, don't teach don't what think, you are having. I don't think school is a scam per se because a lot of a yeah, lot of shit you need to know. But I do think they need and not and even just backtracking from college, man. Even in high school, like I think they really need to teach a class called Real Life One Hundred and One. I mean, you need to learn about. <clears throat> you need to learn about the the credit scores, you need to learn about mortgages, you need to learn about like they don't keeping a bank that. account. I mean, it's just like a lot of different stuff like in real life that you're not going to experience. Let's just say you are going to college, that you won't experience that for the next four to five years. You know, the only thing they teach you is how to manage money. So high school. I, I, I'm honestly, the, the, so what you're saying makes a lot of sense because when Cam got out of school and he was done, he came to me and I, I was showing him like, hey, you need to, you need to have this, you need to have you know, credit, you need to have, you know, get your finances together, you need to hold a job for multiple years in a row so you can get a mortgage. Like, so a lot of people don't know, like, to, to basically be eligible for something, they go back in time, like, hey, how can this guy hold a job? They want to make sure that their loan is going to get paid back. Yeah. So. And I think understanding that in school and having a having a class for that would be super beneficial. Oh yeah, but but uh, but they're trying to show you what you need to do to do your degree, and I think that's where they they drop the focus. So the focus is if you and, and I'm sure that you know we're talking you know to an audience of people who is in school right. and they're doing this, 
And if they're in a finance degree, then they know this kind of stuff. But a lot of people that are in, you know, computer science, they're not, yeah. they're getting out of it because, you know, and, and they're not realizing there's more to it. And they got to connect those dots themselves. And it takes time to build it all. Like if you have bad credit, it's going to take, you know, not, not days, not weeks, not months, years yes. to fix bad credit. Yeah. But you got social media and technology now. You just get on YouTube and learn how to make money. Like yeah, you, you, don't need a, you don't need to go to school anymore, technically. I mean, yes. Because everybody's mindset is changing. Everybody's not going through the traditional way no more. Everybody is trying to build their own path. On what you're saying, I know that everybody, if you're on TikTok or if you're on uh, Instagram and you're scrolling through your reels and you're hearing the Grant Cardone's about how easy it is to make money for yourself and how to do stuff. It's not all champagnes yeah. and rainbows no, and, no, and, 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 and making sure that people understand that just because you, you saw some TikTok about how some guy flipped a house and did something, that doesn't mean you can do it. Yeah. And, and having a support system that understands how to explain there's, they show you a and B and then they jump to Z on how they made all their money. But they didn't show you C, D, E, F, G, H. They, they didn't show you the other steps to, that they took, and they're not going to. And that's part of how they're getting people's attention and making – and I think that that goes to uh, the the mindset people have where they think that they can just jump on something and figure it out, and they don't need college because there are people that need to be workers. There, there needs to be people that understand that day-to-day work style. They can't all just be entrepreneurs, and it's not for everybody. It's not. No, I'm gonna say yeah, one every- thing. It's two things that it's just funny how, like you say, how people mindset change, and it's just funny because there are two things now that are extremely—I won't say trendy or popular, but it's like a lot of people. Are, hey, it is kind of trendy now. That didn't used to be like that, or at least when I was growing up. And those two things are keeping up with your credit and the stock market. Yeah. Like until a couple of years ago, when the when those dudes on Reddit literally broke the stock market with uh, with AMC and GameStop, like when I was growing up, the only people that invested in stocks were rich dudes, black, white, Asian, 100%. whatever. That they were only rich dudes. The only people you ever heard being involved in the stock market. Now you got dudes that got friends who know about like they saw they read the Reddit joint and they was like, okay, I need to invest in this. They got cash under the mattress. That yeah. they, you know what I'm saying, downloaded Robinhood and uploaded that money to there. Just, you know what I'm saying? So everybody's in the stock market now. And the other thing yeah, is... Bitcoin. You can buy houses exactly. Bitcoin uh, now. You can yeah. buy houses up so, in Bitcoin. And, and it makes sense how people are doing the... Um, doing those kind of things with, like, technology. But there is, like... So then you just have a bunch of people that have a bunch of money that don't know what to do with it. Because let's say you have somebody that made some money at GameStop. And they pull it out. Well, they're either going to try to reinvest it and lose it, or they're not going to know what to do with it unless they have the 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 contacts and the connections to find some of the places to park their money. Because then you have tax implications and capital gains and things that people don't even realize that you know some of these people that made their money on GameStop. Like, let's say you put ten thousand in and you made money on GameStop, mm-hmm. and uh, you you profited. Now your ten thousand is a hundred thousand. Well, you capital gained 90. Well, the government wants their share of that. Right. And a lot yeah. of people take that out. And they don't think they have to pay taxes on that. 
and they'll keep that money. And guess what? They're going to have a rude awakening when the IRS knocks on their door and says, hey, we're, we want our $45,000. Yeah, I mean, you got to have the correct advisory. And also, the, the other thing is keeping up with your credit. Like, I, if you go to 100 people randomly on the street, like, I guarantee you 80 of them have the Credit Karma app on their phone. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that didn't used to be a thing. Like people yeah. knew you had to have quote unquote credit, but like nobody could tell you what their right credit score was. I got mine too. But like nobody could tell you what their credit score was. Now if you go up to anybody, they'd be like, oh yeah, I'm sending like 650. I'm sending 715. You know what I'm saying? Or oh, they'll just, if they don't want to tell you, they, they know it's low. They know exactly what it is. They may not mm -hmm. tell you, but just right. keeping up with it and like managing your credit now, like that's, that's something that was never done growing up. That was something I was never taught growing up. Like that's kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like self-talk. Like you just had to like know what you want to do with that. And it's just, and that's something that I wish I had learned in high school. Now, I think that should be like a senior course. Like before you leave high school, just a lot of stuff that you should should know about before you leave school. And that's just, I mean, especially moving forward on the way that, you know what I'm saying, things are going and like the, like the technological implications of literally everything. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this about like credit. So like, you know, growing up low income, a lot of people bash credit cards in the sense like, you know, I guess because they misused them, obviously, when they got stuck with bad credit scores and all this shit. But like, it was literally, I was growing up, I was like, I don't want a credit card. And then eventually I met some people, you know, that understood all that and they taught me this stuff. So next thing you know, I had like five credit cards, you know, I was working on my credit. Now I got a great credit score. So, I mean, it just goes to show that like, depending on your environment, like what you're gonna learn, and then like when you get out of that environment, you learn so much more stuff. And if you if you grow up around a bunch of people who got credit card, a bunch of inexperienced people with credit cards, and they have a negative experience with that, you're gonna have a negative connotation about credit cards. You'll be like, I don't know, this is gonna mess up my credit score. But if you yeah. get around a bunch of people who manage their money well and they know what they're doing, you know, like, oh okay, I can have two or three credit cards and like know exactly what's going on and like actually raise my credit score. So it's just about right. the company you know, that you can. You know how many credit cards I had since I met Matt? Well, how, how many I got? Four. You had zero, and now you no, have four. Had, I had a secure card. So <laughs> credit card. Now four. But anyway, uh, so I think that you, you're you're hitting the nail on the head and nothing here should be taken as financial advice. And right. I don't want to, you know, obviously I want to make that as a disclaimer. It's all perspective. But, but yeah. I will tell you that I had that type of experience where my family was in credit card debt and I thought the same things until like you start a business and you want to run things and have, you need credit. And in order to do a lot of what you need to do, you need to start building your credit early because if you, if you neglect that aspect of it, when you get to the point where you're, you're bringing in money, you, you should, and this is my opinion of it, you should never buy anything with debit or with any of the money that you actually have. And I told you that the end of the day mm -hmm. is because you can always, if you have a hiccup or something in your life that you have to pay for now, your money that you have currently can always be uh, allocated to that funding. And your credit can always, it can't always be allocated. There's people that won't take credit for certain things, but if you need cash for something, you have to have it. Exactly. So your credit can roll over and you pay an interest rate on it if you need to. And then you, that it, it buys you a, a time frame. To, right. So you know that if you're in your money-making years, that you should always be paying on credit because your money that you have should always reflect 
more your income should reflect what's going out. Yeah, you're right. All right. So I'll put on my Instagram to if you had any questions for us, just about the bar industry, just about anything you want to know about us. And we had three good ones, uh, and all of them were from uh, from our homegirl Kayla. You know, shout out to Kayla. Um, and I do want to ask y'all this, and we're just gonna make them just quick responses, just you know, what I'm saying one or two minutes or so. But I just want to know what is first question. What is a negative? Oh, sorry, what is a con about working in the bar industry, just for personal experience? Not just saying like general conception, but just for you specifically, what is a con about working in the bar industry? Everybody knows it. I agree. Everybody knows it. That can be stressful sometimes. Yeah. You just kind of want to be incognito. Everybody, everybody just knows you and trying to get something out of you. Facts. What about you, Matt? Just one quick negative. I think the biggest negative is uh, like how it rolls over into your next week. So uh, I think that if you we're up till, you know, three, four in the morning every Saturday night, that mm-hmm. Sunday, the next day, you know, we're either sleeping in like real late or, you know, we do get up and do a brunch together or whatever. I think that, you know, you need to optimize your better sleep patterns and being able to do and, and, and always being up that late, I know isn't probably healthy because then you try to go and do something the next week. Like we all want to go to the gym, we want to do something. And I feel like not having that sleep is we, you lose some of that focus by being up all the time or worrying about the next shift you have to pull at, you know, starting at eight and then ending at four. And then how much of that next day are you sleeping in? And so sleep to me and being able to spend time at home, you know, you get used to it, but I don't think it's necessarily a good thing. To oh yeah, no, it's definitely that. not conducive yeah. for normal lessons. So, I mean, especially if you have a day job, like it really, <laughs> like, it really fucks with that. Uh, what about you, Josh? Negative connotation. Give us a dip, something different than they got. I think it's just seeing the, the like, kind of like the, the other side of people, um, like whether that be like they might be like trying to like they might get into a fight. What I'm saying, seeing the worst of people. Like, yeah, like, definitely seeing the worst of people. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes you know you might know somebody and then like it's just like wow that just happened. Like you, know, you have a different perspective of them now and you're like <laughs> okay they're not yeah exactly like somebody that, that you see all the time like out like maybe he works at you know the he or she yeah like, he or yeah. she works at you know the shoes the Foot Locker and then you, and like you buy shoes from him but you see them swinging on a guy and you're like oh. and that or like you know you might see like somebody who was married or like in a relationship kind of like doing some shady things and you're like okay <laughs> I gotta get respect for you know like, I feel you I mean I, there's been times that I have met somebody in the bar and I've I've known them let's just say I've I meet them in the bar and I've known them for I get I get to know that person. It's times where I hadn't seen that person sober until like two months down the road. Because anytime I see them is at the bar. Right. I might randomly run into them at Walmart and I'm like, Jesus, you are a completely different person. Because yeah. anytime I see you is in the bar industry. My I guess my negative about being in the bar industry is Lack of personal time, man. I mean, I know, like, for us, I like, like, some people, like, they might work every other <coughs> weekend, like, one or two days out of the month. Like, with us, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sometimes, Monday, like, with some, like, when we, Paddock is open every day. Yeah. So, I mean, I know you got, we work the Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. Sunday, whatever. So, I mean, it's just lack of, I know sometimes we want to go out on the weekend. Or even if you don't want to go out, you just want to 
go to the movies or something on a Saturday night or go to like Carson's or like some fancy place and just eat dinner then go back home and chill. But we just, us doing what we do with the dedication that we do it with, we don't have that option. Right. So I, yeah. I think that that goes to uh, when you're talking about having that time <coughs> is like, you know that if you're, if you, like your holidays, your things that everybody goes out for, you just know where you're going to be. Yeah, like New Year's. So New Year's, Halloween, places like that where you just, you, you, you want to plan something with your buddies and be like, hey, yeah, we'll do that on Halloween. Well, it's like, well, sorry, I can't, you know, I'll be there late or I'll come early and leave early. That's just true. Yeah. There, there's been a lot the, of times. Fourth of July is another one. But there's been a lot of times like that. You know, you might just kind of like show up for a small gathering. You're like, all right, I got to leave. I got to go to work. Yeah, it's facts. Awful. I mean, that's that's rough. Especially when people are like, hey, we getting together tonight around, you know, like 9, 9.30. Y'all trying to come? Like, bro, I'm going to be at work for an hour by the time y'all yeah. gonna get there. You know what I'm saying? All right. So second question you had, positive about being in the bar industry. Josh, we'll start with you. Uh, it's definitely, I mean, the good side of people. I mean, I love the people that come to Bells. Honestly, like, when they come up to you and they're just, like, excited to see you, and they're like, man, you make my night so much better, or, you know, whatever, just something positive. Like, I love that. Like, yeah. all, all the people, you know, give me hugs, high fives, whatever it may be. want to, like, just be around you. I feel you. And like I said, the same thing when you told me that the other day, I mean, for us, it's a job. So we go to work because we have to, we're employed by it. But like to see when somebody says, hey, I'm glad to see you here. And mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? We take it as a job and somebody says, hey, I'm happy that you're here. Oh man, I, I couldn't wait to see you tonight. Like that's just dope because like we have to be here. But the fact that you're saying that me being here makes you happy. Like that's just dope to hear. So mm-hmm. I completely agree. What about you, Matt? Positive of being in the bar industry. It's going to sound real cheap of me. <laughs> <laughs> to say this but I like the fact that you know when we do get a chance to go out nine times out of ten we ain't paying for nothing Hardly. Yeah. I wouldn't say that we get a pretty good discount yeah pretty good or well, if we do pay it's going straight to the bottom well yeah we tip but I'm just saying that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah. tip very handsomely but at the same time like I think it's kind of and uh, to that end or to the same you know point um, when somebody sees us out, they kind of like know we're in the bar industry and they, you know, they, ju- we jump the line just because like they see us, uh, oh, what do you want before? Oh, yeah, like, you, mutual you know, so yeah. it's a mutual respect thing with everybody. What about you, Cam? Positive about being in the bar industry? I would say, me, like connections, positive connections. You never know who you're going to meet. Meeting the people in the community. Uh, I swear, I thought his positive. negative was the people that were there. I mean, <laughs> that's annoying people. But you do meet a lot of good people in the bar you industry. Do. As, as much and as I want to say something different, I completely agree. You just meet a, a lot. I mean, I want to be here right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I completely agree, man. I said I wanted to say something different, but I just have to go with the connections. And the, like going back to our last episode where we talked about the connections that we made, I mean, that's the biggest positive. Because, I mean, that that extends so far past the bar industry. I mean, like with what we do, like networking is so easy with the bar. And I said everybody goes out. So, I mean, you never know. Like, you got CEOs and owners of company that come into the bar. You got managers. You got 
HR people, like you, you just never know who's in your establishment. And like meeting those people when you strike up a conversation and you dive into it and you realize what they do and how your relationship with them can be mutually beneficial for the both of you. Like it's just crazy. I mean, it's literally like blows my mind thinking like how many people I've met and like what I've been able to do just from people I've met at the bar. I mean, it's it's wild. All right, last question, man. If you could move anywhere and start fresh, where would you go? Matt, we'll start with you. So I would probably move to an island because I kind of like that lifestyle, kind of grew up that way. So I'm thinking, you know, nothing too like super fancy or anything like, so I'd probably choose like something in the Bahamas and I'd like to like live just super quaint on the island, you know, have the family, go out fishing, like diving, you know, just have like a lifestyle that's just like super low key, you know, and that's just like so contrary to what we have, but that's probably why I'd like it is because it would be like, I had all this, you know, and I've experienced it. And if I could choose to just like freedom of whatever I'm going to do, I would go on my own, you know, just meet who I am, have everything just be super, super chill, just be in an area where there's not a lot of people, just tourists and, you know, all the new people come and go. Yeah. What about you? Where would you go? I'm not sure on that. Uh, My end goal would be in the middle of nowhere, though. All right. So so I'm going to narrow it down a little bit for you. Domestic and international, would you stay in the U.S. or would it be overseas? That's a hard question. It too depends on the time period. Depends on where we at, where I'm at in my life. I mean, at a point where you like financially stable, like where you can, where you have the option of you can go wherever you want to go. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll most like likely be domestic, dark. but if I went somewhere else, it would be Canada. If, if there's one, it would be Canada, Toronto area. Nice, that's what's I up. I love Toronto. Zero. Love Toronto. What about you? That's a tough one because I, I, all the places that I've been able to go to, luckily, um, I love Vegas. I could definitely see myself thriving there. Um, even LA, I mean, even Atlanta, though, even so. Chicago. Like, uh, but if you had to pick one, probably Vegas. <laughs> Vegas, nice. I mean, it's funny with me, man, because I actually last year you know, I did that. I moved to Aurora, like right outside of Denver. Uh, like my best friend, my my dude Andrew, his wife, my niece, uh, Carolyn, uh, like they live out there. Yeah. So I had like a semi support group, you know, so I knew literally three people. Other than that, like it was just <laughs> like the 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 negative that you said about being in the bubble where everybody knows you. I didn't have that. No, nobody knew who I was, and it was it was I know dope, that was man. love. Yeah, it was. It was it was just different when you can go anywhere and like Denver's just so big to where like you see different people every day but it's just dope so I did that but I mean if I had to choose a different place man I it's funny bro but I honestly think and the next place I moved to probably be my last one but I think I'm gonna move to Vegas bro like I just hey. it's just funny man like I, just real quick I watched an interview with, with Will Smith and he was just saying that there's just some cities that you just resonate with yeah, like yeah. literally your body like you just vibe different with some city he said for him it's Miami when he go to Miami he just he just feels different like it's just different so once you step off the plane it just feels different cause he Mike Lowry <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I am in Vegas bro like when I step off the plane it's, 
it's go time. I'm not even a big gambler like that. Okay. Like, I don't gamble. Like it's just when I step off the plane in Vegas, I just it's just a different feeling. Be like I just like the city. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's just I've been like like New Orleans is amazing. Like the food down there is dope. Like, I've been like a lot of places where I've had more fun in Vegas. But it's just just something about the city. Man. <clears throat> I just love it. I just to add to that, like honestly. It wouldn't matter, honestly, what city we went to, the type of people we are, we would literally find our group of people. Like, we would meet so many people. We're very likable. So, I mean, we would thrive almost anywhere. Our energy attracts that kind of energy. 100%. Right? I mean, that's like the first time we all went out in Bells. Like, that was just, people were just attract, attracted to that type of energy, man. And we just, we just all vibe together. And now, and so to your Las Vegas point, and you know, I, you know, I took you to Vegas when we, you know, that first trip, um, we had a blast. I, if I had to pick a place where it was like theoretically like logical for me to go to, I'd probably go to like a place like a city like that, you know. So I'd either go to a Vegas or a Miami and go back home. So it just you have, uh, I guess this this dry like this like pull to a city that yeah. like, always is, has something happening and vegas is that town very much so all right man, we, we want to thank you all for listening to the podcast and we just want to say that anybody who has any questions that they want to ask us about our life experiences anything like that make sure you tune in or view our individual instagrams um and the Day in the Life podcast Instagram. Let's be authentic. We're going to post every couple of days just uh, the question box. If you want to have any, if you have any questions for us, make sure you submit those and we will pick a few of them and read them out on the air. We are grateful for you tuning into the Let's Be Authentic podcast. Remember, We see everything you don't want us to see. Stay tuned for more episodes coming very soon. Follow us on social media to stay up to date. Tap in at Let's Be Authentic.